Jamie. Sam. Week two, all alone. Oh boy, you hear that? You see this? This is me tearing up the rule book. <clears throat> oh, hi, Ian. I oh. d- d- didn't see you there. Um, how you been? Uh, ignore this Love Island where, board game. It's where, um... where, Where's my rule book? Uh, oh, we... I think it's... I'll go... It's nowhere. Is this it's it in the bin? Back on the show. On back fire. On show. No, no, that, that that's that's another fire. You don't need to worry about the fire. Um, I think we left it in RPG corner, probably. Possibly. Probably. Let, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Intros, please. Okay. I'm not angry. I'm just very disappointed. I'm I'm Sam Mags and I'm here this week. I'm Jimmy Adams and I'm behaving. And I'm Ian McAllister and I'm still the boss and I have a big sack of news. And this is the Brainwaves Gen Con special. Sam, headlines? Come on. You've forgotten everything. Sorry, 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 I was too used to. Sorry. The headlines for the 20th of August, 2018. Will Gloomhaven conquer the digital realm as it has with the tabletop? Stronghold and indie board and cards merge. And do Fantasy Flight have the key, have the secret, have the key to another way? All this and more on the Brainwaves Gen Con special. Very good. Yes, it seems that Gloomhaven is not content with conquering the world of the physical tabletop. It is now coming to your consoles, your computers as well. It is getting a video game adaption coming sometime early next year from Asmodee Digital. Uh, Our details are scant around this title right now. All we know so far is that it's a single player game. It's going to have some of the sort of hex uh, tactical play that is in Gloomhaven and will hopefully eventually... um, uh, expand out into the campaign as well. It's going to be a turn-based roguelike, like a lot of computer games out there right now. Uh, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Any more chance to play Gloomhaven to maybe experiment with um, card setups I haven't done so before? Sounds really good to me. What do you guys think? I think if it's not going to cost £150, then you know it might be some people's interesting uh, way into Gloomhaven. Yeah, th- yeah they- absolutely. So they have said this isn't going to be a direct translation of the board game. But yeah, that's right. Adaptation. So I think this is something that we've been talking about for a while with all these companies kind of entering the digital realm or expanded media, say, of possibly just more developing the Gloomhaven world and giving yeah. you a bit more life there. Yeah, because the founders of Gloomhaven came out recently. That was a Kickstarter last year, and that's reached backers fairly recently. That's a sort of worker placement and world building game set much, much earlier in the Gloomhaven timeline. And it does seem like Isaac Childress has plans for um, other stuff. Um, he has already hinted that there is an expansion for Gloomhaven coming, which will be something akin to the size of Gloomhaven itself. Wow. And there is an expansion for the original game coming later this year, uh, which I'm really looking forward to because the game is fantastic. But yeah, I mean, it's it's coming from Asmodee Digital, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Jamie, it's, it's... you're next. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Um... <laughs> uh... There's been a merger announced between Indie Board and Cards and Stronghold Games. The new gate company will be called Indie Game Studios and the CEO will be Travis Worthington, currently president of Indie Board and Cards. Action Phase Games were previously acquired by Indie Board and Cards in 2016. They'll also be part of the new the new studio. Uh, Travis Worthington, as I said, he will be the CEO. 
but will also continue his role as president. Meanwhile, Stephen Bonacore will continue to be president of Stronghold Games um, from that department. Uh, if you know Stronghold Games, they do games such as Terraforming Mars, they've done Survive, Escape from Atlantis, Space Cadets, and uh, Fantasy Tavern Beat-em-up, The Dragon and Flagon. To Which name I really but want a few. To play. I haven't got, haven't got to play that one yet. I've got That's a copy fun. of it. We'll, really we'll, we'll, we'll play it soon. Right. Uh, and yeah, hopefully this will see an actually good edition of Terraforming Mars come out. Well, uh, hopefully. Uh... Yeah, Shots and Indie Board from the Brainwaves podcast. <laughs> Indie Board and Cards, filmed for games like Coup, uh, The Resistance, and Flashpoint Fire Rescue, which I love. I, again, I haven't played that one, but yeah, it's got a really good reputation. I have played really good fun. Um, I know Jamie's a big fan. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as, as we've said before, these mergers are kind of happening all the time, especially now you've got the big kind of, I don't want to say conglomerates, but the big studios like Asmodee kind of taking more and more studios under its under its wing and saving them. Now we're going to have another big one with indie game studios. It's just, it's interesting to see this, the games studios are yeah. coming together. We're bound to see more of this down the line as the hobby grows. It's just absolutely inevitable that companies will come together to 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 basically help each other out completely to to reach a wider audience that's absolutely yeah, and I, I think these kind of things can really for the consumer anyway mean good things yeah yeah i mean hopefully it means games from both both companies reaching a wider audience and that can only be a good thing in the end one of the massive games that came out of gen con a real surprise out of fancy flights in-flight report was a new game from the man himself richard garfield uh, a game called keyforge call of the archons this is a completely new concept in the sort of CCG, LCG realm. They're titling it a unique deck builder. The idea being that when you buy a, a deck of cards, it's 37 cards in a deck, that that deck is utterly unique. I have no idea how they're doing this in me- mechanically, how they're doing it in the background, how they're actually manufacturing these things. But the deck has a unique name. It's got a unique picture on all of the card backs. And it has a completely unique deck and unique setup in that deck of three factions out of the possible seven that are in the game. Uh, and you just play that deck. You can't manipulate it. You can't deck build it. Whether you'll be able to take it to competitions uh, or whether they'll approach a more sort of sealed deck kind of format of t- tournaments, no one really knows. There's a lot of questions to be asked about this game, but it's certainly a really interesting concept and one I'm reasonably excited for. I've got I've got a lot of questions about it from a design and mechanical point of view. But yeah, it, it seems like a really interesting thing. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, as someone who really likes card games, but actually... So I haven't played a competitive card game probably for a long time. And part of what put me off was... Um, the meta? Yeah, think part of what put me off was things like metas getting in the way, constantly having to be on top of a certain style of gameplay and know the game inside out in that side of things. Deck building as well, you know, how, how much time outside of actually playing the game have I got to put into the game, you know, and I got a bit bogged down in that. So when something like this is announced, where actually the skill lies in learning something on the fly that's completely unique to you. Um, I also really love the fact of um, Richard Garfield said that one of the things they wanted to do with this game was um, eliminate the the fact that in more traditional collectible card games, in each set, there's there's inevitably going to be cards that are just trash, you know, that you wouldn't really use in the deck and don't see much action on the table. Yeah. However, with a game where you can't change the construction of that deck, 
you just have to deal with it. You have to deal with that being there. Yeah. So, so a card that might not be used much in one deck is going to be a key player in another one, and you're going to have to look for those combos, and you're going to have to make every card shine to its fullest potential, which is a great idea. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I have I have some concerns that there'll still be some element of rare chase and that kind of thing in there. Uh, Tom Vassell was showing off a couple of decks that he got, and one of them definitely had slightly more rares than the other, for instance. Team Covenant did one yeah. where they, they opened a pack that had three of the highest rarity cards in one deck yeah they did um and i get that that's going to be there it's a collectible card game it's never not going to be there yeah but it, it does worry me that there'll be a there'll be an element of rare chasing still but I, I i still think it's an interesting concept i really want to try out i'll certainly be picking up the starter set which will have two set decks that'll be the same for everyone yep. like to try out the game and two uh, of the random the complete random decks they're claiming there's something like billions of combinations of decks basically no i'm going to be p- picking up the core set as well um, seems really cool. Yeah, I'm going to be a slight cynic uh, here, and because I'm again, I'm, I'm the one of the group that doesn't play very many card games, and I think it's like you said, it's going to be how they're going to be able to regulate the 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 uniqueness of each deck. Like, okay, there are yeah. billions of of different choices. I said there's going to be rarity chasing. Um, keep an eye on it, absolutely. But I'm just kind of going, it's unique. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Up to a point, it will be unique, and then what you said, if you can bring a deck to tournaments, or is it going to be a blind booster? Yeah, Um, and there's going to be expansions inevitably because this is already referred to as the core set. So how does that work? You know that kind of thing. There's lots of questions to be answered, but Fantasy Flight will be revealing uh, more information down the line. I have no doubt. Yeah, and I think it 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 comes out before the end of the year, so I think we'll get some designer previews and things like that in the coming weeks. Really? uh, Yeah, I I can imagine there'll be lots of talk about. Fancy Fire are pretty good about putting up articles about their games about exactly what's happening. So, yeah, we'll see that as it comes. I think that's about all we have for headlines at the moment, so let's get into the main Gen Con news. Well, I would love to be talking more about the Love Island board game and the many expansions. Da, 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 da. Games Workshop! Da, da. You better be talking about Games Workshop. I'm going to talk about Games Workshop. Games Workshop at Gen Con announced a plethora of games. Many in-house designs, many um, many licensed games from third parties. So we had, just a quick rundown, Adeptus Titanicus. Um, they spoke a lot more about what that's going to be, showed off the actual set. Big Minis, Big Price. Um, the base set, which seems to be actually what you do need to play the game, is £175. You get a fair amount of stuff in there but the question is is it going to be supported is this a game with longevity or is it just 175 pounds on that set who knows at the moment well at the very least they're going to release a couple of more sets because they only have two out of the, no see one out of the four types of uh, large models they got. They only have the warlord titan which is the largest they've still got to release the reaver titan which is coming soon and the warhound scout titan which will be coming sooner hopefully after that as well they've got the imperial They've got the Imperial Knights in that as well. They're releasing almost expansion box sets for them, along with the main release. So, two out of four so far. Keeping on big boxes, um, a Lord of the Rings big box core set game. Battle of Pelennor Fields. Um, two factions. We've got Rohan and the Army of the Dead, and then we've got Sauron, headed by the Witch King, mounted on his fell beast. I didn't even realise that game was still around. It's still around. I think this might be 
just they've got a lot of miniatures left over that they just need to pack up and try and sell somehow. It seems, I don't know if I'd say this is interesting. It's a big box of Lord of the Rings. It's a well-loved game. I hear really good things about it. I've only played one game in my life of this game. Really nice minis. Um, and I, yeah, I just think at the moment they're maybe drawing to the end of their license, as we saw with their um, Quest to Mount Doom game. You know, doesn't looks looks a bit lackluster. We'll see what comes of it. I'm sure, probably yeah. not much. Now we're going to talk about some third-party games, licensed games. Um, completely out of the left field, we've got Munchkin Warhammer 40k. Um, I've seen a lot of people getting excited about this. <laughs> Fair enough, you know, Munchkin, for good or for ill, is incredibly popular. And, it, you know, not for nothing has it spawned a great deal of, uh, I don't want to yeah. say spin-offs, but different reskins. And 40k yeah, is, like... is an almost inevitable um, one if it's not for the incredibly different, difficult license to get. But now they've got it. Yeah, but then Soda Monopoly. So well, yeah. Hey ho! But that's that, that's <laughs> but that's the thing. You notice that Games Workshop in the last couple of years has adopted, let's say, a slightly more scattergun approach, as we've talked about before, for licensing their games, be it video games or tabletop games, and for good or for ill, it seems to have been returning dividends. Yes, you know it does. Um, again, similar field there. Um, Warhammer Wizkids have announced Warhammer Forty K Dice Masters. Don't know if either of you played any of the Dice Masters game. I Never. Played Not the, all. Played some of the Marvel ones um, back when that came out. It was okay as kind of this competitive, almost deck builder type thing. Um, Dice Masters was by Eric Lang and Mike Elliott. Kind of spawned out of... Um, Quarriers, which was a dice building game. Oh yeah, I remember. It. I've never played it. I saw it for sale a couple of places. Yeah, and then they also did a Lord of the Rings, the dice building game as well. Um, but anyway, now Dice Masters got all different licenses attached to it: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Dungeons and Dragons, the Marvel Universe, the DC Universe, and now and now Warhammer 40k. They're selling this a bit differently. Doesn't look like they're doing the normal boosters that you usually get. This is going to be available in a campaign box. So hinting that there's going to be more stuff there possibly a storyline to follow who who really knows at this stage uh blitz bowl and space marine adventures were also talked about a bit more weren't they i believe mm. uh, i believe it was very interesting this got not the ire but drew people's attention uh from the announcements was the initial announcements that both box games would be target exclusives in the usa and canada with no word of no word of, a, of an uh, an EU slash UK release date announced yet. It seems totally bizarre to me. That's it seems bizarre, but but Gen Con is in America. So again, this could be, we'll see how it goes. In a sense, this could be a good thing o over that side. I'm not a great fan. There's a lot of Target exclusives coming out at the moment in board gaming. There's a lot of people going exclusively to Target with certain games, like the latest game in the Near and Far series camera what it's, what it's called but okay. it's it's target exclusive as well playing, but playing but does devil's that, but, advocate here but does, does that, that affect get it? british no exactly probably not i don't think i don't think it's coming out over here yet though playing devil's no, advocate in this situation i'd maybe argue that getting games like like blitz bowl and the, and the space marine adventures game you know which are kind of low cost small little intros to those universes um just maybe gets it to a wider audience of someone who wouldn't yeah, usually go into a gw store themselves but actually they're walking around the supermarket and hey there's there's a games workshop game then maybe more likely to have a little look i completely agree with you i completely agree with you i think games workshop I said that scattergun approach, and now bring its licenses out further. Right, we're going to the Munchkin crowd. We're going to people uh, places that 
aren't a games workshop store where you can buy these games and then they'll buy it and go oh let's let's yeah. interesting i mean the other license that's coming of course is warhammer age of sigmar champions the ccg that's that's launched at gen con yep. it's now out and about and in gw stores i believe as well yeah and that's a third-party game that's being sold in the games workshop stores which is something we haven't really seen before no um how this game works i still i, I might see if the the local stores doing any kind of um demos of it and go mm-hmm. and have a little look and see what this game's about um if it's low cost why not pick up a few decks and have a little go of it maybe yeah our um, friends over at the unlucky frog had a stream of it recently to show off it's good uh show off the game i'll put the link in the show notes but it does look like games workshops branching out into a lot more um commercial games really um and really bringing people into the hobby to maybe then sell them the big 175 pound adeptus titanicus boxes they're, mov- we'll they're moving with the times yeah um i also like to, it wasn't something that was mentioned i don't think a great deal at gen con but also it's been bubbling around for a wee while, and that is a Warhammer Doomseeker card game in which you're playing troll slayers from the Warhammer Fantasy universe, and you're trying to kill monsters and die in the most glorious way. And even if you die in the game, you can still affect the outcome of, of fights and encounters, which okay. is nice to see. Um, cool. keep, keep an eye on that, because I like the theming of it, but um, as always, yep. remains to be seen. Indeed. Well, I'll see what that's like, hopefully, in the not-too-distant future. Mm. Jamie, you're going to take us to a lovely little town now, I believe. Oh, a lovely little town with bakeries and mines and forests. Machikoro Legacy was announced at Gen Con. will be released in the spring of 2019. Yes, Rob Davio is on board. Through Of course. Of course. Is he on board, like, a little fishing boat into the tiny village? Well, I'd hope so. Maybe on a tuna boat that if you roll a 14, you've got to roll the dice again. You get that amount of money. But Something it, like that. I'm I'm going a bit too Machikoro deep there. Um, ten game series that will tell a complete story in the world of Machikoro, where the choices of players will create a unique gameplay experience. No two Machikoro legacy games will ever be alike. New buildings, new mechanics, new gameplay, and after the campaign is over, you can continue to play your copy of Machikoro Legacy forever. Now I've played Machikoro. I've got I quite like it. Yeah, I like but it. But I've never really wanted to investigate the world of Magikoro very much. <laughs> but that's that's the it thing. Now's your chance. Exactly. <laughs> you know, the good things are the things you never knew you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. And I want this. Me and my partner, we were we. I said there's been a new legacy game announced. I've got the game it's based on. Can you guess it just by looking at the wall of board games? Um, I did the same thing. <laughs> And obviously, it's, and she was like, War of the Ring? No. <laughs> Is it Small World? I think could work really nicely. That'd be interesting. No. Machikoro Legacy. Who knew? Um, but then we kind of got th- talking like, we haven't played Machikoro in a long time, and it's something that we used to really, really like. You know, I think it's a nice little game. It's quite fast. It works. It's, you know, there's some tactics to it. They become a bit samey after a while. But actually, it is a game that I probably would want to get to the table more and in different styles so maybe this is what that wants to offer I'm... i i will put my skeptical hat on this one i feel it's a little bit slapping the legacy mechanic on a thing for the sheer sake of it i've got no general problem with like games coming out because a particular mechanic has been popular gloomhaven has some legacy in it for instance but it doesn't slap it on the front cover but i don't know it just feels a little tacked on to me but it might be great i don't know they said they've been working on it for three plus years um, yeah, so you know, enough, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's not it's not exactly something that is being slapped on. It is, yeah. Okay, I'll track. Well, well, I'm probably my... actually going to pick this one up, so I'll sure. let you guys know. Cool. Really. Yeah. 
Well, over over our little village, a massive shadow is currently being cast <laughs> by another announcement from another company. Dum, Sam, I think you've dum, got some details on dum, that. Dum, dum, the shadow's coming dum, from space. It's a oh, it's a big shadow. This is Fantasy Flight announcing a new miniature, if we can call it that, harking back to what we were talking about from Cthulhu. Death may death may die. Is that the name? Death yeah. may die. Death may die. A couple weeks back. Fantasy Flight have announced a two-foot miniature of a Super Star Destroyer for Star Wars Armada. This is their kind of grand strategy miniatures game of grand space combat. So capital ships, we're talking Mon Calamari cruisers and Star Destroyers, and now you can have the Emperor's flagship itself, the Executor in the game. Executor, what's it called? Executor? I don't know. It is. The Executor. It's huge. Nerds. It's yeah, huge we it's like really, Star Wars. It's a it's a big grey triangle <laughs> that costs. We haven't talked about this yet. Two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars. One ship, one expansion. Two hundred dollars. I didn't even I didn't even check the price. I just saw the miniature. Man, that's a pretty big miniature. It's, okay, it's, just it's under two hundred dollars. Okay, well, right now, two hundred US dollars is one hundred and fifty-six pounds. I think Sterling. I've seen it on pre-order things for like Chaos cards and places like that for about yeah. 140 pounds. I was going to say probably be 100. So here's the question: I, is, is, it, is it going to be like X-Men where it has some absolutely must-have upgrades for the competitive scene? Bet it will. <laughs> Most likely. Oh, you um, cynic, Ian! It is a I very know. nice model that has it to is. be said, but it is you know, cool. it's, it's a lot of money. You could buy Gloomhaven. <laughs> you could buy Gloomhaven yeah. for that price. Um. So you could go on a weekend holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you might want to holiday in the Dark Tower, which is coming back from Restoration Games. Uh, Dark Tower was a competitive adventure game around about came out around about 1981, which was unique because it had an electronic component in its big dark tower that sat in the middle of the board. I have no knowledge of this game uh, outside that really, but uh, Restoration seemed to think that people have enough nostalgia to bring it back. It is being brought back under the um, uh, shepherds of Rob Davu and Isaac Childress. So Rob Davu is a very, very busy man. Uh, Isaac Childress as well, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. They are saying that it's going to come back as a cooperative game. Um, uh, there's very little details about it right now, um, but yeah, I imagine that'll be appearing sometime in 2019. They announced that the Dice Tower panel at Gen Con. Well, Rob Davio and Isaac Childress, both very busy boys. Yeah, they do seem to be, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If the Dark Tower ain't your thing, why not go forward in time, but also back in time? A Steamforged Games... <laughs> Makers of Dark Souls the board game, Dark Souls the card game, Resident Evil 2 the board game, have announced Horizon Zero Dawn the board game. Uh, I have never played Horizon Zero Dawn, but from what I can tell, it is in the future, and you are hunting and being hunted by robot dinosaurs. Just the best. It sounds amazing. I really do need to play it. Uh, it looks very cool. Very I haven't played it myself, but, but it yeah, looks really cool. We've had the, the announcement, and there's been some miniatures, which, of course, they have been. It being Steamforge Games and minis being kind of their thing. Is that and Kickstarter that's coming later this year, then? It or? is coming very soon. The minis do look lovely, and apparently it's also been in development since before the game was even released. Oh, that's interesting. Which is very interesting. Uh, out of Plaid Hat Games uh, at Gen Con, they announced uh, Gen 7, a new game in their Crossroads series. The Crossroads mechanics were first seen in Dead of Winter and its sequels. 
uh, and they've been talking for a while about releasing new games with that mechanic in it. And Gen 7 is their new game coming out sometime over the next year or so. And uh, yeah, I'm really quite interested in this one. I didn't get on terribly well with Dead of Winter, but I am quite interested in the idea of Gen 7 because it is set on a colony ship moving through space and it'll have a legacy style mechanic in it with be played over different um, scenarios and campaigns. Yeah, I'm really interested to try this one out. I think it could be really, really good. I've read a few sci-fi stories set in that kind of environment. And yeah, I'd like to give it a go myself. The, yeah, the game, game's also got a legacy mechanic style thing, which, where it's played over the course of seven episodes, and each episode's defined each player's goal. Um, players can advance in rank and gain new perks to perform their jobs better. But basically, yeah, it's, it's set on a colony ship, so yeah. It's really interesting, interesting in seeing them push that crossroads mechanic. You know, a lot of games coming into that legacy conversation we were having earlier are really pushing for that ongoing story, changing game states and things like that. Um, and it's becoming more of a staple in 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 the hobby. I think that yeah, I, I, th- I think that's games. great. You know, I, I love like yes. deep thematic games with emergent stories. I think they're great. I like I really like that kind of thing coming out of games. So yeah, I'm all for seeing that kind of thing more coming into mechanics. It also does question replayability though, as well sometimes. Yeah, um, I'm all all for story led games. I absolutely love it. You know, it's a good alternative to sitting down and watching a film, actually playing through a storyline. Um, yeah. And I suppose it's where, you know, like a love for role playing and things like that come from as well. Um, yeah. But it is just that replayability question. You know, how much is this game going to cost? How many times are you going to actually have that fresh experience? Yeah, for some people, that'd be a concern. But for myself, nah, probably not. As long as it's good. It's good. Yeah. Ah, exactly. And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's being touted as three to four players and initial prices are putting it at 99.95. That's dollars. So people are a little bit. Oh, well, interested to see what the high price is worth. Admittedly, that is an initial posting, so we'll keep, that. We'll keep up to date with that. But obviously, it's worth always noting that cost is a big factor in the industry, and some games that we absolutely love, are they worth the price? I mean, that's probably something for a for a brainstorm or some of that at some point. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll try and cover that in a podcast somewhere down the line. Maybe. So, Ian, just to um wrap up today's kind of today's news segment we thought we'd show you the the one thing we did do when you were away was don't be angry we put some finishing touches to rpg corner what have you done we, to my corner we think no we really think you're gonna love it we've got some plush comfortable sofas the fire is it's working now there's yeah, fire is I, it, I, 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 health and safety checked out the fire no 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 it's a lovely it's, it's, fireplace I, it's grand absolutely fire we've got a nice paper have fire. you know it's got nothing to do with your rule book D- Look, you got it. Look, don't worry about any health and safety regulations. Just, just, come, just come through. Just, just let, come. let the intro music play, and then just let us know what you think. Just, just listen. Just listen. What's in this Looks Right, what come on, think? have a seat, have a seat. Have a Ooh, wee seat. Uh, yeah, okay, these, these are comfy, these are comfy. Yeah, good. Comfy. Okay. Yeah. A L- little yeah. squeaky for recording, I think, a little leathery, but no, not bad, not bad. Oh, but it's comfort, you can't put a price on comfort, Ian. And, I, and I've got nice bourbon in hand, that's, that's good. There yeah, we okay, go, so. there we go. Sam, do you want me to get it? It's up on the 
premium Billy bookcases here in RPG Corner. <laughs> <laughs> Only the best. Only the finest. All right, let me just stretch up and there we go. And there we go. Here we go. For you. Oh, they've come in, have they? Okay, so it's the Any Awards. They have finally been announced. Um, so yeah, the Any Awards were announced fairly recently. This is uh, off um, EM World's site. They have a bunch of different categories, which we've covered in a previous podcast. And the winners have been announced. And quite frankly, I'm a little disappointed with the selection of winners. It's all a bit backwards looking as far as I'm concerned. There's like Delta Green in there. There's RuneQuest. Um, Star Trek Adventures won some prizes. And I have no hmm, idea what that is about. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek Adventures won a silver for rules and a silver for production. And that game does not deserve those plaudits at all as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, there's like... Blades in the Dark was in, uh, which a game you know I love, so I am a little bit prejudiced towards that. But it was in there as best game, uh, best product this year, product of the year, and that's an actually important product in role playing, as far as I'm concerned. It's really interesting, really good product, well put together, and it can really change the way people run games. So I really think that should be your product of the year in there. There's so many categories, there's so many, there's just a, such a bunch of stuff in there. It just feels like the Ennies is looking backwards a lot it'd be like if all the gen con awards and um all the board game awards started to award the latest version of monopoly a prize you know it's that kind of thing i think monopoly is a little bit harsh also uh, just very quickly i would say i don't think you're prejudiced towards uh blades in the dark i think you're biased towards blades in the dark and prejudiced towards star trek adventures that's fair <laughs> yes, well, a little bit um... uh, but no a little bit but you know everyone has their opinion and that's important um i think it's more that the industry has had this massive explosion in the last five years and I'm talking about the RPG predominantly you know the board game has been had an explosion as well but the RPG market still even after the the kind of shaky early years the massive boom and then the satanic panic in the 80s and then we've come back after kind of in the shadows a little bit for a while I think it's struggling with the shadow of D&D that looms above everything yeah I guess and that's and, and that's not a bad thing you know all worker placement games, all worker placement games have the shadow of, say, Agricola hanging over them. But it, it just, I don't know, it's just a disappointing slice to me. Like, the product of the year is Vihander, which is basically a sort of fan- gothic fantasy heartbreaker in the Wofrup style. And Wofrup 4th is coming back out this year. It's like. It's already out. Yeah, it's already. Well, the, PDF, the preview PDF is out. Um, and yeah, it, it just, like. Where where's like like I, I saw like Spire earlier this year from a UK publisher whose name I temporarily forget. I'll put it in the show notes. And um, there's a lot of we- weird little indie RPGs coming out just now, and it just feels like those should have the spotlight shone on them, not like Delta Green the RPG, which everyone who likes Delta Green is going to buy. You don't need to give it an award; everyone knows it's there. Just but I, I don't getting, know, it keep, but it keeps getting it's, put it's, out, and it keeps. It keeps getting it keeps getting bought, and yeah, the critics like it. it, just, it so. I, that that just doesn't to me. That just doesn't bring new people into the hobby. It doesn't highlight interesting stuff. It's just it's just giving awards to your mates. And I, yeah, what what use is that? But would you even would you agree that new companies, you know, not new companies, but companies that are bringing out newish products, like say what say what we like about Star Trek Adventures. I know we keep harping on it, but the fact is they're bringing out yes, a system they worked before, but they've reworked it for the, trying to do the Star Trek uh, thing. They're bringing out you know new rules for it. They seem to be supporting it very well, um, and that's something new and that's interesting. It, yes, it's not an indie RPG, but it's something new and something different. Blades in the Dark, yeah, I know you really like it, and yeah, I. I well, like the rule set, it did win best website. Yeah, best website, mm. but but 
there is something. I, I... See, my, my, my problem with Star Trek Adventures is that the rules don't ape Star Trek Adventures. Like, they don't help ape the next gen, they don't ape DS9. You can't... It's very hard to run a Star Trek episode with those rules, because they're so combat-focused. Yeah, no, and that's what we found when we were playing the game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I so, that, to me, that's, that's where it falls no, down. No, 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 I, no I, I, I completely understand, but the fact... But... Even with that, it's still going. But they, but they're bringing out something at least. They're trying. You know, they're trying to you. They're not doing very well to other people. They're doing very well. Yeah, the a lot of people is, seem to like it. It's it, it's great that it's able to provoke such. You know, you're able to get such a debate from it. Because why? Because I guess what I'm trying to say is it's it's good that there are things that are trying and bringing out new things. And we've got to be happy about that. Because yeah, you've got products of you. You know, you've got Paizo with Starfinder. It's path. It's Pathfinder with a couple of tweaks to it, which is fine. Pathfinder's not. There's a reason it's been going for you know over ten years and getting a second. I, I, I just now. think that I think Ennies have a certain sensibility to them. They're quite old school. They're quite old school looking, and I really like to see them actually embrace some new games. That but would be nice. Do you reckon this is part of just a, you know just these awards that actually we've talked about in the past that. Even things like the Spilders Yaris, even, even though this year I think we do agree with Azul being a, a fantastic game, we very often don't agree with what they give the Spilders Yaris to, you know, with with what the nominations. But at least they're are. giving it. They're, at least they're giving it to a new game. They're not giving it to like a game that came out twenty years ago, very which true. is effectively what Delta Green is. So, so, but do you think then there needs to be maybe more emphasis put towards the community-led awards? I don't know. Listen to what like the... there's there there's indie game designer network awards that were highlighting a lot more of the indie indie scene. I actually drawing attention to them. That's really cool. Glad to see that. And I just think any should be doing that a bit more. Like yeah, I mean like Spyhander coming out. People people who like Spyhander will already have bought it. It's not really drawing attention to it. It's a big game. Like Harlem Bound, maybe it's a small it's a small production. So yeah, maybe draw attention to that a bit. Which is but getting yeah. a second edition on Kickstarter by the way soon. Yeah. Um. Some of the, I mean. And also, like, there's a lot of categories there, and I don't quite believe that the judges not had a t- time to look through everything that was there. I, I think the categories get a bit tedious as well. As our friends on the Smart Party podcast were pointing out, they have a category for best electronic book. And it's like, well, doesn't every RPG come out as a PDF? Yeah. Like, literally every one. Not every so, one, which is a shame, but they should. Best RPG-related Just... product. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, that's this. This is this is definitely turning into a brainstorm. So let, let's let's leave for now. <laughs> Suffice to say, I think the NEs next year need to take a long, hard look at themselves, reduce the number of categories, and actually think about what they want to promote to the wider world. Because that's what's happening right now. Is the, the wider world is looking at this and going like, "Oh, Delta Green is the best RP- is the best rules apparently of all RPGs er- uh, released this year." Yeah, and that and I very much doubt that is true. Award innovation. Award innovation and awards like bringing new people into hobby with different games. Anyway, I- I'd like to bring the conversation down. RPG Corner is not for heated debate. No. It's for comfortable discussion. Yeah, fair and enough. And <laughs> maybe it's time to, to leave these cosy armchairs and get back to the cold stone table. I've noticed my cold stone table has got some coke spill on it or something. Have you cleaned uh, it up yet? Uh, Sam, distract him. Me and Jamie, coke on your table? No, 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 <laughs> no. No, you must be thinking of some <laughs> other, other... Hooligans. People, yes. Rapscallions. Yeah, you haven't had those people those people from other podcasts around, have you? I don't believe so, no. We don't. We Are you sure? 
we would never consort with other podcasts. Those rapscallions your... from We're Not Wizards and, and, and the Unlucky Frog being around here again, mucking up my table. I, no, no. Yeah, well, I'll ask them. I'll, I'll, see what, I'll see what they say. Well, folks, I think that's about all we have time for this week on Brainwaves. Thanks very much for listening. I am back into control, so you can be assured of a high-quality podcast from here on in. And if you like what you've listened to, then the best way to help us out is to share the podcast and drop us a review and rating on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, at The Giant Brain, on Instagram, Giant Brain UK, Facebook, The Giant Brain, website is giantbrain.co.uk, and I've just updated that with glorious photos of the entire team. And you can email us with any suggestions you have at giantbrainuk at gmail.com. And please do get in touch and let us know what you like and what you don't. Thanks very much for listening. Bye-bye.